What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode, I brought back my very first guest, Denise. Uh, Denise was more of a co-host in this episode than she was a guest. We talked about a lot of stuff. We did catch up about the progress that she's made over the last six months, how she's dealing with uh, the COVID-19 restrictions that are very strict in her area. And then we dove into a top 10 list. Uh, Denise and I reached out to listeners and Instagram followers and people in uh, like weight loss groups. And we asked what their uh, best weight loss tip they've ever gotten, or not just weight loss, but health and fitness in general. And we got over 60 responses and we put those into a top 10 list and dove into each one of them in detail. And it was some really cool stuff. Almost all of them dealt with the mental side of things. There is a blueprint. There's a, we all know how to lose weight. It's, it's a very simple equation, but executing it and playing the mental game, the long game is what's really, really hard. And so that's what we talked about. Ask what are you most basically most proud of? What's the biggest thing you accomplished in 2020? We got some awesome answers on that. So, uh, one of the last things we talked about is 2021 is right around the corner. We talked about goal setting and all the cool uh, stuff that Denise and I were going to do. And we talked about some smart goals, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you are on your journey and you need some support, make sure you guys send me, um, uh, ask me about the hungry for success, Facebook community. There's some awesome stuff going on there. Uh, I was having some trouble being able to just find it if you research it on Facebook, but if you can't find it, I will send you the link and we would love to get you in there. Also, last thing, if you guys enjoy the show, just share it with your family, friends. That's the best thing you can do or like screenshot it, put it on Instagram, whatever you do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Here she is. Here's Denise. Denise, you're back. How's it going? Hey, Michael, it's going good. Um, surviving Christmas and everything else and just dealing. So, yeah, so you? it's uh, I think it's only fitting that you were the very first uh, guest on the Hungry for Success podcast. And now you are the last guest of the year. Closing out the year. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's good to have you back. So um, just you know, some normal stuff here. How was, uh, how was the holidays been, especially with, uh, COVID? I know that's been a big thing for everybody. Definitely. Um, it was definitely different this year. Um, I know here in Canada, there's a lot more restrictions than, than in a lot of places in the U S so we could not have our regular family Christmases. They were asking us not to gather. So the first time in my life, I did not go up to my dad's farm and have traditional Christmas. Like, like I used to. So that felt different. Um, tried to make the most of it though. I made a big turkey dinner anyway. <laughs> like, I'll be eating it for a month, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> but have to keep, you have to keep some sense of like normalcy. So like uh, Brittany and I weren't able to go anywhere. So, you know, we had like a, we made like a ribeye dinner with, you know, all like the, the fixings and, uh, and just had a good time. The two of us just to keep some sense of normalcy to keep us from going crazy. I think you have to like, you know, you have to try to find some good and some joy in all of this. And I know like yesterday here in Ontario, the whole province is shut down for a month and that's really hard. At least we had Christmas to kind of do some stuff, but you know, now it's just essential services and grocery stores and pharmacies open and that's it. And it's, it's kind of tough. And I think it's going to make 
for a long winter. And, you know, you kind of worry about the mental aspect of that. But again, that's why it's so important to try to keep a positive spirit and look for the joys. Yeah. And just staying active in general, because, uh, and I don't just mean with like fitness or health, uh, I just mean in general, like doing anything, like making a big dinner, like you were talking about something to occupy your time and not let your mind wander. And, you know, it's really easy to end up on the couch binge watching something for five seasons and you've lost two weeks of your life and you don't even know where they went and you've done zero things productive. Right. So, um, I know, so it's pretty crazy like that. It's going so strict, like here in Kentucky, we are not that strict at all. I mean, we're still going to restaurants and doing all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what's it, what, what's your plan to make sure that one, you don't go crazy until you're like staying active during this shutdown again? Um, it's been kind of strict here the whole way. And, um, I had to transform back in April from going to the gym to creating my own thing at home. So I'm just going to continue to do that, like, um, and continue to reach out to people and continue to try to be social in ways, you know, that we have available right now. It's harder in the winter to get out. Mm -hmm. I think the second wave is going to be tough because, First wave happened kind of spring, summer, and you can get outside and do things. Winter, I think, is going to be the challenge for lots of reasons. So that's the test, but I'm really planning on doing what I've been doing all along. So, Yeah, so one thing that I want to kind of get into right off the bat, and that, and that is some of it, the, the COVID stuff, is just kind of an update on your journey uh, from the first time that we spoke. Right. Um, again, I've been doing what I've been doing and it's, it's been working. Like, um, I had some regain, like I'm two, two years and a bit out and I had some regain over the course and was, um, kind of dropping some of it off back when we talked last and, uh, you know, it kind of creeps back, you know, you're home, you're sedentary, you're doing less, um, my job sedentary to begin with. And then when you don't actually have to physically leave your house to go to work, there's all those steps you're missing. So it's been a struggle. And I know it's been a struggle for a lot of people and I'm no exception. So at my most, like I had some regain, it was 21 pounds. And um, around Halloween, I was really feeling it. And like, you know what, I'm going to try something new. So I tried intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've lost 18 of that 21 pounds. Awesome. Um, since then, and it's been really good. And it's something new. And sometimes you just got to shake some stuff up. So that was my attempt. I sort of spent maybe too long learning about it, but my doctor was a big proponent of it too and encouraged me. And um, I have a little bit of, I have to watch a little bit with that because I have the reactive hypoglycemia. So I Mm -hmm. have to kind of be careful, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to try it anyway. And it's been successful. So it's kind of like do a shake up and uh, my cat's walking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do a shake up and try something new because, you know, it doesn't always like you kind of have to pivot sometimes. So it worked for the first while, but I needed something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, this might sound weird, but I think like some regain is definitely normal because like, I don't know if you've noticed the same thing, but it seems like I go through like some people, I guess call them seasons or just like phases where like, I'm really, really into, um, a certain thing of like, losing weight and then other times I'm just into 
being less strict and less disciplined and living life and, and going, I don't want to say crazy, but you know, not paying as much attention to it. And I think everybody goes through that. The key is just making sure that that doesn't get out of control. Absolutely. Like we're human, right? We can't be a machine all the time. Like life gets in the way life gets hard. I lost my sister like um, in November and it was hard to stay on track. And I didn't want to do things. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to eat healthy because you just felt kind of miserable, but you can only allow yourself to do that for so long. And then you have to pick up the piece. And I think that's the difference now than before, like before when I was heavy, um, I was just okay with being miserable and keep spiraling downward. We're now I'm like, you know what? Okay. Get your shit together, Denise, and let's get, you know, let's keep going. So. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I was, you know, recently kind of like spiraling downwards. Like I've probably gained six or eight pounds or something like that. But the difference between now and then is I don't, the whole time that's happening, I sit there and think like, I have to make a change. I have to do something. I have to get myself back in order. I need to do, get a workout where before there was no thought about it. There was no self-awareness, you know, when I was gaining a bunch of weight or whenever I was being a slacker, like I just thought that was like normal life for me instead of like being self-aware and realizing like the path that I'm going down. Right. So, all right. Well, uh, so life's been a little bit crazy for me since we talked to, um, I've had, you know, uh, got to the lowest weight of, of my essentially life. Uh, haven't, I would got down to like 212 pounds, which I haven't been since probably I was in middle school. And then, you know, I went back up a little bit, but things have just been really down, really up and down kind of crazy. But recently, as you know, I did get COVID. Um, and I have to got to point out here if I get out of breath or heavy breathing or sound like I'm talking through my nose, I'm still um, recovering from that a bit. So uh, definitely some out of breath happening here on my side of things. Um, but COVID's no joke. It was uh, definitely not fun. And I do have to say that I thought like, I'm an in shape guy. I work out every day. My lungs have, have to be healthy. You know, I do jujitsu for hours at a time. Like, um, I didn't think it was going to be a big, as big of a deal, but it really took me down a couple notches, humbled me a little bit for sure. Um, I'm on uh, day 12, 13 of having COVID and the first eight days were definitely rough. It's, uh, pretty hard to it's hard to describe I've never felt that way before but the only way that I can really think to summarize how it feels was I felt like I'd been on like a two-day drinking bender and I woke up with a really bad <laughs> hangover my that's kind of how like the headache felt and like the upset stomach but then also I was like felt like I'd been up for like three days that kind of tired but could not go to sleep or get comfortable I think all of Instagram can identify with that drinker drinking bender thing. <laughs> yeah. Analogy. I just, uh, I just know what that feels like from college. I don't, I don't do that anymore, but you know, maybe occasionally, but yeah, so it was a really, uh, crazy experience and, uh, it made me, uh, very grateful 
because I just think about myself at 350 pounds. Like, do I do as good as I did with it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I was like nowhere near going to the hospital kind of sick. It was just like a bad flu that lasted the longest I've ever had like an illness last and felt like somebody was like sitting on my chest, but not to the point like I couldn't breathe, just like general tightness. But I just wonder, you know, me in this, in as good a shape as I am in handled it like this, how would me at 350 pounds handle it? And it's funny because I did, I said that on the show like months ago that I was happy that I didn't have to worry about that as much. But now that's actually happened, like I truly am very thankful for the changes that I made because, you know, I mean, I don't know this, but it definitely probably helped me get over it you know, faster and have an easier time with it. Absolutely. Health you so take for granted until it's questioned. And then it's wow. Like I couldn't imagine. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, it was a, it was a humbling experience, but you know, moving on from COVID, we, we don't want to sit and talk about COVID all day, but between the two of us, we have put together a top 10 list from the listeners. Right. So I was talking to Mike about um, what we could do for the last episode of the year. And instead of me regurging my story again, I wanted to put it out there to you guys. And because you guys are such a big part of our stories. And, uh, and everybody has such good learnings from their own journey. Our journeys are very different. But collectively, I think you know, we can really take away some really great things. And this list proved it. So we put a, a question last week and uh, got a whole lot of responses. I think I got between the two of us about 63 responses about the best pieces of advice or learnings from our weight loss journey, whether that be surgery, keto, Weight Watchers, fasting, whatever it is that we do, there's lots of learnings to be taken from it. So that being said, um, number 10, we'll count down backwards. Uh, don't be all or nothing. Um, you know, failure is a learning opportunity. And uh, I used to be the type of person where I would go full throttle and have all these expectations. And then, you know, you're going to hit a wall and things are going to get harder. There's going to be a challenge. And then just like, okay, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Am I allowed to swear in here? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> All right. If anyone who follows me, they know I have a sharp tongue. Um, so I would just be like, fuck it. I'm not doing it. I can't do it. You know, you have to make maintainable goals and small changes can really add up. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like, you know, small, sustainable things, they really add up and make a big difference. And it doesn't mean when you screw up that you have to start over just look at it day by day you know you're playing the long game it's not you know you you can't go full throttle all the time so it's a it's that thing you know you fall down seven times you get up eight i think we've talked about this before mm -hmm. and i think that's the difference now like it's all in your mindset you know it just can't be i'm perfect or i'm horrible there can be a blend and that's life yeah. Number 10 coming in with that hard hitting advice already. Right. Um, <laughs> but I completely agree. And I think that, you know, moderation is really the key to everything. So you don't want to be too far on either side. Like you don't want to be 
all or nothing, but you also don't want to be nothing. Uh, so, um, and I think that's really good advice for the new year's crowd that's coming in, right? We're getting ready to have a bunch of an influx of people who want to get healthy. And a lot of those people go kind of balls to the wall, all or nothing right off the, right off the jump. And then that's why they fail. And so I think this is really good advice for those people. Mm -hmm. Agree. So number nine, another one that came up a few times was don't wait for motivation. Like it's not always going to find you. You have to look for it. You have to find it yourself and you can be inspired by people and stuff, but you know, you have to go out and do that. I always say the first five minutes of anything, like for me, running is the hardest. I don't want to do it. I don't want to put my shoes on. I don't want to go to my basement or go outside, but take those little steps, do it, just start. And then all of a sudden it starts to feel good and you keep going and you want to push to the next stoplight or you want to go the next mile. Like, um, Don't wait for it to come to you. And sometimes you do get motivated by others and stuff, but that'll, that's like very quickly fleeting. And just like the, uh, what you were saying before, Michael, with the new year's resolution, you know, you have to find ways to go beyond that initial jump and push yourself to keep going like it's that whole hashtag dedication over motivation mm -hmm. and even what i do with creative it's like i have a creative profession and it parallels my weight loss journey a whole lot and it's like five percent talent so like with exercise and nutrition five percent motivation 95 percent work to be successful at anything so yeah. really important and that's like food, that's with exercise, that's with lifestyle change, anything. Like you have to find it and try it. It's the whole mindset. I've had the, I've been given the same advice like a bunch of times on, uh, from another podcast that I listened to before and I've talked about it on the show is if whenever people say like, if you, or you don't have, or they don't have motivation, like I just say like, just take yourself to the gym, right? Just take yourself to the gym and so say you're going to walk on the treadmill. Or if you have, if running is your plan, just go out and just start walking or just set a goal to walk for 10 minutes. Once you get there and start doing that activity, like that's what's motivating. And you know, like say it's diet. Okay. You really want pizza that day? Well, sit down and uh, say so you have to have a salad before you can order a pizza. And then if you eat that salad and still want a pizza, I mean, you have to do things um, to keep yourself disciplined and you know it's kind of the same thing discipline uh dedication over motivation it's really all up to you to be self-accountable and not rely on someone else or some form of external motivation absolutely and don't be a monday kind of guy either like you know oh i'll start on monday don't put stuff off like do a little bit now like it all adds up yep absolutely so the eighth point that came up quite a bit and kind of like I got a lot of um, responses and a lot of things kind of paralleled each other. So what I tried to do was put everything in buckets. So these 10 points are 10 buckets and I do this in my job, my creative job too. And then you kind of tease them out and expand. So the next bucket is the mental game and how it's the hardest. And it's really the work on the inside that's the hardest part like the physical you know you can't just only focus on that you have to think about the reasons why like um to like 
your brain kind of needs to catch up. Even when you're losing weight, your brain has to catch up with your body changes too. And that's, that's really hard mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've talked before about the whole body dysmorphia stuff. Um, all of that, it kind of all is encircled in the whole mental game. Um, even how your relationship with food, um, you know, you want to eat to live and not live to eat. And that never goes away. Like you can always, and probably will always be addicted and controlled by food, but you have to learn how to manage it. And we even spoke on our, in our first podcast about how obesity is a chronic disease, like that never goes away. So you have to learn about the emotional connections to food and how your old lifestyle was. And you have to also find healthy ways to cope with that. Um, Another point under that umbrella is that weight loss doesn't fix all of your problems. And that's a big mental thing to get your head around. I remember when I was heavy, I thought all these things in my life are going wrong because I was heavy. But when you lose the weight, the problems are there. And quite often new ones resurface are ones that you kind of buried. And that's a whole mental shift to have to um, get your head around too. Like, and it's hard and these learnings are hard, but um, you kind of have to treat the cause and not the symptoms. Like often weight gain and obesity is a symptom of other underlying problems too. So, you know, it's that whole mental game. I think the best example of this one is, um, is the weight loss surgery, right? And people say that it's the easy way out, but again, that's physical. That is a, that is a physical tool that's being done to your body, but that doesn't change uh, the mental game. That doesn't change addiction to food. That doesn't change, um, you know, eating uh, for comfort, any of those different kinds of, of mindset issues or whatever you want to call it that people may have. And, you know, the, the thing that really stuck out about this entire list of me, all 10 of these are not the X's and O's of weight loss. They're not the best tip I've gotten is to eat keto. They're all mindset related so in some ways this we might have should have made this number one but you know that's not what people are saying but you know they're all related to this mental game and how hard hard it is and you know i think I want to play devil's advocate here a little bit it definitely does not losing the weight definitely does not uh take away your problems but one thing it has done for me is uh just given me the confidence boost to tackle a lot more of those problems so while the mental game is hard, the more momentum you build and the the better you feel mentally, the more challenges you feel like you can take on. Absolutely. Yep. And too, like with the mental game too, um, you know, sometimes there's, you know, it's okay to ask for help too. Like therapy has been really helpful for some people, myself included. I saw um, a bariatric psychologist after my surgery, like six months out, you know, you think you're starting to realize that the weight loss wasn't going to change your life in every way and things get hard. And it's good to talk to some people, especially now during COVID and stuff too. Like, I think the whole mental aspect is so important. Like if you need to reach out, even if you're talking to somebody, it doesn't have to be a professional. It helps. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I, um, I'm like the furthest person that should be talking about mental health issues. All I know is that 
you know, whenever I have issues talking to people is what helps me. And, you know, some people there, there shouldn't be, it's just like, um, you know, there's a stigma behind like the weight loss surgery and seeing a doctor and all that kind of stuff. There shouldn't be one for that. And there shouldn't be a stigma behind seeing a mental health professional, you know, especially, uh, during times as weird and, and crazy as COVID. So I definitely like encourage anyone that needs to, to, to go get some kind of help. And a realization too, is that a lot of us, like probably most of us who have been obese will struggle with some form of this too. Like most people in general do, cause life is hard. Um, but especially so in this community, a lot of people struggle and it's okay. Like we're kind of all on the same page and all in the same boat. So exactly. All right, moving on. So number seven was expectations versus reality in weight loss and health. So, you know, we look online and a lot of people think that in order to be deemed successful, you have to lose a ton of weight and do everything perfectly. And it's not really about that. Like it's of a sustainability story. And I think a lot of the success that people have is finding something that's sustainable for them. Like, you know, a lot of people criticize keto, but for some people that works really, really well. Um, you know, you have to, and it's not just with um, exercise, like it's, it's food, it's relationships, it's social aspect, like there's so much involved. And you don't want to bite off more than you can chew either. Like, don't think you're going to hit the ball out of the park and bat at a thousand just because that's what you see. Like any little success is a good success. Mm -hmm. And it's the whole like, you know, accumulation of everything that counts, you know, and it's why diet culture doesn't work because they want you, they almost set you up for failure. (laughs) Like you have to look at it as something that could be forever. And the reality is you know, you dream all this stuff, how it's going to work for you, but sometimes it doesn't. And you have to be able to roll with those punches and helping it helps to, to do some research beforehand. So what you're telling me is, uh, everybody can't lose a hundred pounds in three months. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I didn't even lose a hundred pounds in three months with surgery. I thought that's what Instagram said though. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of crazy expectations out there because of things like social media, right? The things that get traction or the person that went from, you know, three, 400 pounds. And now that has now have abs and there's some commercial or there's some ad saying they did it in three or four months, or there's people like, I just got on keto. I lost 30 pounds in the first month. And, and whenever your own journey doesn't own up to that, or doesn't add up to that, then, you know, people get discouraged. And you, so you have to, um, have realistic expectations for yourself. Right. And so I like what you said about being sustainable. And I was actually watching, I was doing some research on exercise programming the other day, and they were talking about how to make an exercise program sustainable. And so that was two things. It was one safety into enjoyment. And I really, thought that that was that could go for a lot of things about being sustainable including diet so one like 
you know, making sure the things that you're doing on this journey are sustainable by a making sure they're safe, you know, not depleting your calories so much that you're doing damage to your body or doing some crazy diet that's that's damaging to your health. And then two, making it something you enjoy, whether that's keto or being a vegan or or carnivore, like it doesn't matter as long as it's something that you enjoy and you can stick to and fit your lifestyle. And if you do those things and manage your expectations and have reasonable goals of weight loss, um, then that's, you know, that's a major part of being uh, successful. And then the success that you do have being appreciative of it and not upset because it wasn't more. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so the next point is about maintenance and that it's not a dirty word, like not gaining is a win itself. Um, you know, before gain, 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 like, you know, you're not that anymore. So if you're plateauing and if you're not losing anymore for whatever reason, you got to accept that as a win too, because this journey gets real hard after a while. And, you know, there's times when your body just needs to catch up, like, you know, you'll plateau and you can start blaming yourself. I'm still doing all the things and it's not happening. Well, there's reasons for stuff, right? You get a new set point, your body's plateauing. It's like, what the fuck? Like it's got to catch up. So, um, and there's always that honeymoon period right in the start with any kind of weight loss, whether it's surgery or keto or anything, where it just seems to melt off and then it slows down. And that's just reality. And you have to not um look at that as a failure that's just part of the process so maintenance is a dirty word i don't like it totally (laughs) no i'm just kidding but and i say that because that is a little bit of where i'm at right now of i've for so long i've been in a cycle of lose more lose more lose more i want more i want more like i want to look better i want to be stronger i want this i want this and so I have like a, a big internal struggle of wanting to be better, but then also um, being okay with where I'm at and um, in being in maintenance and telling myself that like, hey, I, um, I gained three pounds this week. And then next week, I, you know, was back, you know, I lost that three pounds. And, you know, it's probably not gain or loss. This is probably just fluctuation and just being okay with those things like mentally seeing the scale not move or even go up just a little bit um you know within reason all those things are they're difficult and that is a this one like this specific um advice is you know that's it's something that i need and something that i personally struggle with it is like i um had weight loss surgery and for a year and a half before that i had to do courses i had that's part of how it works here And the one thing that, and part of it was I on my own went and talked to people who are years out. And the one thing that every single one of them said was they don't talk about maintenance enough post-op or post any diet because Mm -hmm. there's just not enough support and people don't talk about it enough. They just want to get to where they're going to be and then be happy with that. And, And it's the hardest, hardest part after my doctor, um, He's so smart. Um, he said to me about weight loss surgery that it's a good short-term solution. He said it's not the losing the weight is not the problem or the hard part because it'll happen. It's what you learn during that time 
that carries you through in the maintenance to keep it off. Like an 85% of it is food related <laughs> and staying in calorie deficit and stuff like that. But it's, it's what you learn and what you take from everything that makes maintenance so important because it gets fucking hard and you feel like you're failing if you're not constantly seeing that scale go down and you have to change your mindset on that, that maintenance itself is still a win. Yeah. And I think one of the big things to take away is like, for example, whenever you, you know, start a big weight loss journey, like it can get overwhelming. So you have to have those like small successes that, that build up to, um, you know, that five pounds at a time or whatever that, that build up to that large goal, but you have to have that large goal and like your why in mind to, to be able to sustain that. So with the maintenance, it's kind of the same thing is like what I'm trying to do in theory that I do think like helps is that, you know, I'm trying to make a long-term goal of like staying under a certain weight because when I'm that weight or under, I feel pretty good. So putting like a boundary on myself and then realizing that the why or ultimate goal is that, you know, I stay healthy and that I'm around longer for my family and that I can perform athletically. Like those are the things that I want to do. Like, um, and that's like my goal. And I just got to, you know, just create these smaller goals, even in maintenance that might be just not to gain any weight or might to be to lose or to gain. I don't, you know, um, but just realizing that that is pushing me, you know, closer to that end goal. Yep. And I think we have to realize too, the reasons why we did this back when we started, like things shift as we move, but we have to remind ourselves too, we did this to be healthy. We did this to get off medication. Um, my big goal was to get under 200 pounds to be in wonderland. And, uh, it's like, look, I'm dissatisfied right now, but I'm still maintaining all of these things, which were my original goals. Mm -hmm. So it's a win. Like yeah. when I had my regain, I was getting really close to the 200 pound mark again. I'm like, whoa, okay. I had to remind myself what my original goal was. And then, okay, drives you again. But mm -hmm. again, maintenance, key. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Next point, and I think we talked about this before too, but putting yourself first is important. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's necessary for the dedication. And sometimes people make you feel like you're being selfish and you kind of have to be a little bit, but really it's not. And I remember there was an incident at my work years ago, something happened and they gave all of us first responders courses if we wanted it to help in future prevent. And uh, in this first aid course, the first thing they taught us was that you have to save yourself first. Yep. You cannot be good to anyone if you're injured or harmed or whatever. So I take my takeaway from that goes to life and my weight loss journey too. I have to take care of myself first before I can take care of friends, family, anything else, because if I'm suffering or hurting, how much can I help other people? I really can. So you have to understand the importance of that. And that's okay to be a little bit selfish. I am a hundred percent selfish, but <laughs> I do that so that I can have more time with family and friends and things and, and be around and be more enjoyable. But one thing, one lesson that I've taken away from this is 
when I am being selfish and I'm taking the time for myself and making the decisions for myself, I try to, I do try to minimize them. So for example, like, um, I try to wake up and work out at four o'clock in the morning. Why? Because no one else is awake. Like I'm not taking that time from my family or friends. I'm taking time for myself. That is first thing in the morning when nobody else is awake. So that is my time. And but it's also not interfering with anyone else's time. So I'm definitely all for being selfish. I've just personally been trying to find ways to make it not affect other people as much um, because it's a fine line. You know, I sometimes get so into my hobbies and health and fitness and, and stuff like that, that it can become uh, selfish and take over my time with other people. But putting yourself first in a way to get yourself healthy is not selfish. It is, uh, really, you know, that's being accountable to your friends and family more than anything. That comes easier to some people than others. I'm the type of person where I'm a natural empath and I'm a caretaker and putting myself first feels wrong sometimes. And it's more a message to people like me. (laughs) You know, um, like I'm not used to being selfish. This is new territory for me. So it kind of comes with a negative feeling, but I'm just saying that it's not, it's necessary and it's okay sometimes. Yeah. So for, for me, it's more like, um, I have like that addictive personality. Like it's a really good thing. I never tried drugs. Cause if so, I'd, you know, probably be doing crack or something right now, but like just for example like I started jujitsu and you know it's not that I want to be selfish with my time but I get like so focused on things like that that I want to do it five days a week I want to spend you know I want to be at every single class like working hard and like achieving something and so for me it 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 becomes easy to um you know forget about other responsibilities and stuff I, I really am the type of person that I have to make a list and like these are my priorities and I can't let them get out of line because if I don't think about it I'm gone I'm like I'm down like another rabbit hole and and that's all I'm doing so next point number four number four so I got multiple responses for this one and it's kind of unfortunate that it's a thing but it's a thing and it happens to most of us, especially when you lose a lot of weight. So not everyone will be happy about your success. Jealousy. And sometimes you lose people along the way. And I think a lot of it is because people were used to you being a certain way and they don't like change. And when you change, we force them to change too, because they just, it's, it becomes more about them than you really, because if, you know, you kind of start off in the same spot and when you go in a different direction, often the other person is like, well, that person must be wrong because what I'm doing isn't wrong. And they don't like how it changes the relationship. Like I've personally lost friends. Um, Some family had a hard time with it too. And a lot of it, sometimes, you know, you find people want to sabotage you too. And you kind of have to advocate, be an advocate for yourself. 
like whether it's your food, your health, your choice of weight loss method. Oh, it's like, oh, you can't do keto. That's not healthy. Or um, I got so much flack about doing weight loss surgery because of the stigma on that. You know, you're going to gain it back anyway. You're going to go through all this stuff. You know, you people are going to say what they're going to say, but it's your life and you know what you got to do <laughs> and you just got to do it. Like that's, that's just how it is. And it's an unfortunate side of losing a whole lot of weight, but it's a learning thing too. And you'll find people who will be supportive. And sometimes old friends, like will push your old habits that you don't want. And sometimes a friendship was built around those habits. So, yep. you know, I, I do have to say that I don't have a lot of um, like experience with this one, uh, I guess surprisingly, but you know, I'm probably one of my only like close, close friends that have, that have had like trouble with weight. I mean, most of my friends are relatively skinny. And like, if I do have a friend that struggled with weight, it's like they want to lose 20 pounds, you know, to be in like really good shape or something like that. It's not a major life and death issue. So I've had like lots of uh, cheerleaders, like people wanting me to, you know, to better myself and to get healthy. The only part of this that, you know, I really did struggle with is, you know, my, I got five, like really, really close friends and we all like to go and drink beer together. And, you know, I mean, that's, we like to hang out and sit on the back porch and, and grill steaks and drink beer. Like that's, you know, and, and have good conversation and, and relate to each other and talk about all the things that are going on in our lives. And that's like some of our favorite things to do. Very simple, but, um, you know, the eating and the beer is something that put me where I was before. So, um, you know, and I've been lucky that they have realized that and they helped me control those things more, more than anything. But I mean, there were times where, you know, I, I personally struggled with, you know, I don't want to go to this event because I've been really good all week and I don't want to go blow it. And so like, it was more so me sabotaging myself than them sabotaging me. Right. And that ties back into the whole sustainability thing. Like I was talking to my friend Joy this morning, she was actually talking about the sustainability thing. And she was telling me like, she used to put off for like a year post-op going out for social things or to eat because she was afraid. And, you know, like it's that whole balance thing and learning that and advocating for yourself. Like for you, Mike, how did that change your relationship with your friends or how did you, you know, your relationship was built on going out for beers all the time. And you enjoyed it. Like, how does that, how did you modify that with your friends? So it still works for you. Yeah. I mean, more so, more so it's became things like everybody has gotten older and like having kids and all this kind of stuff. So it's more, you know, family type gatherings now than it's ever been before. And, um, you know, I didn't really modify that thing. I, it's just been more, um, myself, you know, like I try to do things of like, if we're going to have a big cookout or something, like I'll try to eat like a later lunch that is healthier. And then I'll, I'll be more full and, uh, eat smaller portions or just say like, Hey, we're going to go over here and either one, just give my per myself permission to enjoy it. Like, Hey, this is, or I don't want to say enjoy it, but let my hair down and have some fun. Like, Hey, I'm going to just going to go and, and do what I do and just enjoy myself and not think about it. And then I'll get up in the morning and do my normal workout and just go right back to, to my life as it is. Or I will set boundaries on myself. Like, 
I'm going to go here. I'm going to have one plate of food and I'm going to have three beers and then I'm going to be satisfied with that. It all kind of depends on where I'm at, uh, kind of like mentally with my dedication level and what I think I can sustain and what I think that I can have fun and not obsess over it. So, I mean, it's a delicate balance. Sometimes I do good and sometimes I do bad and something that I'll probably struggle with slash be trying to figure out forever. Yep. I think everybody's kind of in that boat too. Yeah. Top three. Top three. So this one got quite a few responses too. Um, small victories and goals are very important. Yes. So instead of the big lofty things, it's those NSVs. It's, you know, you got to celebrate all the small things along the way. So you feel that you're doing well. Because sometimes when you just see this huge mountain ahead of you, it just seems unsurmountable. But if you make these baby goals or these baby things to achieve, it's just so much easier. So it's not just about the big stuff. And also, um, it's okay to change goals and pivot along the way. Like if your goal, I remember when I started, um, I my final weight ideally was supposed to be 160. And that was on the BMI chart. I wanted that. Um, but I don't think that's going to be my final goal weight. Like, I think it's going to be higher than that. You got to pivot when things, once you kind of get in there and notice that maybe that's not realistic for you, it's okay to change. I think this might be my favorite one on the list so far. Um, it, this is an analogy that I've used a bunch of time on the show. People are probably tired of hearing it, but it only takes like a spark to start uh, to start a fire, you know, and sometimes these small victories are that spark, like whenever you're lacking motivation or discipline, but you have these small victories, you step on the scale and you're down five pounds, like unexpectedly, or you catch yourself like in the mirror as you're walking by and you're like, holy shit, is that me? Look how, you know, look how small my waist yeah. is or, or something. You're like, damn, you're looking good. No, it's those like small victories that just get you going and keep you on track. And, the more of those that you can line up, the more success that you can put together and it's contagious, you know, like I always say success is contagious and it is. Um, so the more of these things that you can put together, the more it's going to propel you towards your goal, the more momentum you're going to have. And it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's with the gym, you know, if you, you know, hit a big bench press or, or squat, or you're able to run a mile faster, any of those things, like it just makes you want to keep going. Um, but it works in the opposite too. Like, so small, small failures, if you let those continue can set you back. Um, and you know, they can kill your momentum. So just setting those small, like obtainable goals to keep you moving forward. It's the way to go. It's, uh, I mean, that's probably the number one piece of advice that I could give anybody right there. Yeah. And it's not just weight loss or gym goals too. Like we said, NSV. So people who don't know what an NSV is, it's a non-scale victory. And I actually had one recently. What's I, had, I had, I posted about it. So it's probably not new news, but um, I had this silver dress that I had in college mm -hmm. that I freaking rocked and loved it. And it was always, I had this picture of me in it. That was the picture. And uh, I kept that dress for a long, long time. And I tried it on again and it fits even better. So that was my NSV, keeping this dress along for more than a decade, maybe two. That's and awesome. it fits Every, again. Everybody dreams about being there like high school or college weight, right? Yeah. Or yeah. 
for sure. And I never, ever thought I'd get there, but damn it, did it. (laughs) There you go. So next point, number two. Number two. Mm. Um, And this one came up so many times. And for me personally, it's what propels me. But support is everything. You know, like with my weight loss surgery, they told us right in the clinic, get your family on board right away. Like they made sure that you had support even before you were approved for anything. Because in their studies, they see that people who are successful have a good support system. And uh, if you surround yourself with people who are like-minded with you, you're gonna do better. You're gonna learn from them, they're gonna learn from you. And I think I keep talking about my job, but it really relates to because they always say you're as good as the people around you. So in design, we always wanna collaborate and inspire each other. And, and I find it parallels with weight loss too. Like, on Instagrams, one of the reasons I've hung around so long, because so many people freaking inspire me there. And I get new ideas and it propels me to try something new and, and do things and talk about things. And, you know, I found my tribe there. And I think we all need to find our tribe and people who support our beliefs and people who support our journey and who can help us when we're low. And then when they're low, we can lift them up too. It just, there's something to be said about it and it's so important and it came up so many times. Support is, is crucial. And I personally am very, very uh, lucky to, you know, have my wife as like my number one supporter. And she really is like, I, I mean, honestly, before I started this podcast, I didn't even know about like the Instagram, like weight loss community. It's no secret that I'm not a social media expert, but you know, I try. Um, but I didn't, I didn't realize how big the weight loss community is on Instagram. I mean, honestly, it's just been my wife and I keeping each other accountable. And then our close friends, like that's, you know, that's what it is. Like, I mean, with my friends, it's doing things like a 20 pound weight loss challenge and, and then just them in general supporting me in, in doing check-ins with them and stuff like that. But, um, the one thing that I've realized doing this show is if you don't have support, number one, you need it. And number two, go find it. I mean, if your spouse is not, you know, really on board, that's going to make things difficult. If your family members aren't on board, that's going to make things difficult. But, at the end of the day, you have to have self-accountability. Like it's, it's your journey. So if you want it, go find it. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people on Instagram and Facebook and on groups who want to be successful. And one thing I found about the weight loss community is everybody's trying so hard to be successful. They want other people to be successful as well. Like I haven't met anyone along this journey who has not been like, cool to share with me their you know their successes or their failures or anything like that like people are so open and they want to give back like I'm astounded by how many people who lose a bunch of weight and then want to be a trainer or they want to help people with nutrition or any of these things like so there is a community out there for you um like I I think you know Sarah that I my most recent episode with like she has this like big uh, community for women like where they interview all sorts of experts like they had like jujitsu people on there or women on there and crossfit women and like all these different things like there's groups for everybody 
uh, you and I are obviously part of the Hungry for Success community, and we're, we're getting that off the ground and, and going. Um, so there's communities for everyone. You just have to put in some work to find it. Yep, for sure. But it is so important, and don't underestimate it. Like, I mean, like what Michael said, you know, it's up to you, but support is just something that's going to bolster your success. Yeah, absolutely. Support. And the number one, number one, drum roll, please. This one by far got the most responses. Like a sixth of everybody who chimed in said this one. Were and I'm surprised I about it. that. Nope, because <laughs> I said it in my in my um, first uh, interview with you, and it was my piece of advice. So not surprised at all. But stop comparing. So I said the quote: "Comparison is the thief of joy," and it totally is. And stop competing too. Like, you know, we all want to win and we can if we work together. Like, it's not, you know, you're not going to get far by trying to outdo or outbest the next person. Like, you know, people show you what they want you to see. So if you're seeing all these things and, oh, I'm not doing that, like, you know, it's not always an accurate picture. And our journeys are very individual. You know, it's not about how many tags and followers you get and stuff like that. You know, you've got to be good enough for you <laughs> and you have to be fine with your results because you're not going to lose as much weight as whoever, you know, like maybe you will, maybe you won't, but you can't make that how you have to achieve your goals. Like you don't kind of going off on the train, <laughs> but, uh, comparison don't do it basically yeah i i'm right there with you and this is another one that that i struggle with um and i can tell you the exact reason why is, is one uh well i'll preface this conversation by saying like i'm no means a bodybuilder or in that kind of shape but i really enjoy bodybuilding i enjoy that style training and you know the whole basis of the sport is comparing two people's bodies and so like I work really hard to you know to bring up lagging body parts like my shoulders like I always want them to be bigger um you know my biceps want them to be bigger like because those are like my nagging areas but like whenever I look at a picture on Instagram I'm like damn look at that guy's shoulders like you know I wonder what he's doing blah 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 and it's just by nature that is or that's the nature of the sport is comparison comparing um yourself with with other people and i don't really struggle with that in anything but the uh like physical side of things right like i i don't people like post about having lamborghinis or ferraris or like you know like the or vacations like i don't i'd honestly i don't really give a shit about any of that but when it comes to like you know the biggest thing this is going off on a little bit of tangent, but for me, it's like the extra skin. Cause like I see people and I'm like, man, like I know I'm putting in a ton of work and like, this is what I want to look like is like this person on Instagram or whatever. And it's like, but I have extra skin. I don't feel like I, I get the rewards of my, of my work that I've put in because of that. And a lot of that comes from the comparison side of things. Right. And there's things you don't know too. Like those people with perfect bodies they could have had skin removal you know like there's surgeries that correct stuff like that people yep. you know um people get implants in their butt for <laughs> booty you know and uh you don't know the full picture and it's not your story 
So, you know, you have to embrace your story and do your thing and always look for ways to motivate and do your best and comparing will often derail you. Yeah. And so one way, um, like what you said there, uh, tying this back to like a way that, you know, I'm sharing my struggles, but I'm also trying to share the things that I'm doing to make them better, you know, and some of them are working, some of them don't. But the thing that I try to do is appreciate my story and like you're talking about and the things that I've done. So one of the things I struggle with is like the image of myself and like the work I put in. So like I, you know, there's a guy I follow, Matt Vincent, he just talked about, you know, how beautiful his machine is talking about his body and like the things that it's allowed him to do. And it's like, you know, and I have been thinking about the same thing and it really, you know, makes me feel good about myself, but it's almost like I mentally basically brag about myself. So it's basically like this body, this machine, like has allowed me to beat COVID. It's allowed me, you know, to, to bench this amount. It's allowed me to lose 130 pounds. Like it's allowed me to take back my health. And it's like, I have to be appreciative of those things. And so what if my shoulders aren't the size I want them to be, you know, this machine that I call my body that I've like put through hell over and over and over again has constantly rewarded me. And if I keep working, it's going to continue to reward me. So while I'm comparing myself to other people, you know, that's, it's, that's not fair. Like it's a completely different journey and I have to, it's all about perspective and I have to keep reminding myself of that. And, you know, it makes me much, much more grateful. Yep. Definitely. Um, gratitude, like an attitude of gratitude is so big, you know, in all of our journeys and stuff. And, and you have to picture yourself where you started and where you are now. And it's light years different. So so uh, I think you might have said it, but where do you fall into this category? What's the, what is the best piece of advice that you've been given? Of the new, well, the comparing was a big thing for me. Um, but let me look at the list again. I think um, the small victories, I agree with you in that, that it's, it's, it's something I do now because I'm not seeing the big victories anymore. So it's those small victories that are kind of getting me through right now. Um, the NSVs and, and little bits of weight. Like when I gained 21 pounds, I'm like, oh my God. But losing the first one was a big deal for me. Getting further away from 200 was a big deal for me. And I think now that's one of the most important things. Yeah. Like we evolve and we grow and you know, what's important six months ago when you asked me is a little bit different now and that's okay. Yeah. It, and that right there is a piece of advice that I got. Um, there's a guy, he's a big time power lifter, but also he does a lot of weight loss and all that kind of stuff. His, his name is Mark Bell. Um, but I met him at the Arnold one time and um, I got a chance to be like interviewed by him and it was cool. Like I was like total fanboy like super excited um but uh one of the things that i got to talk to him about was like what gets you from 350 pounds to 300 might not be the same thing that gets you from 300 to 250 and 
this is like a living, breathing journey and you have to be able to make adjustments on the fly based on where you're at mentally and physically and all this kind of stuff. Like you have to be flexible, right? And, and, you know, keto got me through 70 pounds of my journey, but it just wasn't where I was at, at a time in my life. Like it wasn't what I wanted to continue doing. So I made that change and it got me here. And then I just worked with a bodybuilding coach for a year and you know, that wasn't suiting me anymore. So I made another change and being flexible and realizing that being rigid for the rest of your life isn't going to work is like one of the best pieces of advice that I've been given. Yep. Awesome. So I think we got a great top 10 list here. Um, I think it all, you know, I was very impressed or surprised that he had all boiled down to the mental game. There was no, it, what it shows me is that the X's and O's of uh, dieting, the plan, there's a blueprint there. Everybody know, essentially knows or can easily learn how to lose weight. The hard part is, is the mental game. And that was one of the things, but whenever you compare or whenever you put all these together, all 10 of them, that's what it is. It's all about the mental side of things. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's the number one thing that everybody struggles with. I definitely do. Um, you know, people could look at you and think that you have all the answers, but you don't because it's all in here. Like even with running and any sport, like they always say, it's, mental part that gets you through exactly and you know i think this also goes to show like there were so many of the answers that were the same i mean they were all basically could be boiled down into these 10 categories is everybody is at a different point in their journey everybody has different circumstances but in general we're all like fighting the same fight most people are having the same issues so if you need support you know that was the number two thing is like if you need support you can find it in other people and you can actually benefit from their knowledge because you know they probably went through the same things went through the same struggles the same mindset issues um so it's kind of cool that while we all have different backgrounds and stuff we're all kind of in the same place as well yeah for sure awesome so the next thing that i want to move on to is goals because we are coming up on 2021, a new year. So do you got any, got any big goals in mind for 2021? Um, I was actually asked that yesterday. And uh, I'm not as goal-oriented compared to you. I know goals are a really big thing for you. Um, mine are kind of keep doing what I'm doing because it's working for me. And uh, I've already, like my ultimate goal before I started my journey was just to have more years on my life, to get off medication. Like I'm finding I've met a lot of my big goals. So now it's just the mini goals, like I said, were my new kind of important things. And also too, um, and again, on the mental thing is, uh, another goal was to not let my self-worth be affected by people so much. Um, it's that inner struggle that's my struggle now. And that was one of the things that surfaced after all the weight loss too, is, you know, the, again, the mental journey, but also finding worth in other people and the whole like validation thing, which comes up so often. And I think it's such a hard thing 
um, for a lot of people. We want to be validated. Part of the reason I think we're on Instagram and social media is kind of get a little bit of that. Yeah, um, the clicks and I the mean, likes. You, you love it and it's addictive and it's designed to be addictive. You know, they're mm-hmm. freaking smart, all those people. Yeah. Um, hired by companies with lots of money to purposely make things addictive. And you have to realize it's not life. Um, you know, whether people like you or message you back or anything like that, it doesn't equate what your worth is and it's finding your worth. And, uh, so that's something I have to do some work on in the coming year. Well, I mean, that's good. So I think the first thing, you know, that stands out about what you said, but should be for everyone is like, you have to have some self-reflection time before you can ever develop goals, right? And so you've obviously done some self-reflection and realized that, you know, that self-worth issue is something that you struggle with, right? And I don't think enough people like sit back and look at like, you know, I've talked about how people get overweight or some people, including myself, and it's like, I just didn't pay attention to myself. I didn't realize like I was gaining five pounds a year until I got to 350 pounds. Like I've always been a bigger guy. So I just kept, I just kind of expected that that was the status, right? It wasn't until I did some self-reflection and just realized like, Hey, well, this is out of control. You got some, you have some issues going on. And some people don't do that about like their mental state or what they struggle with emotionally or what they struggle with, with weight. And until you do that, you can't really make, you can't really make change. You can't, you can't progress, you know? So that's what I always suggest is people take some time, um, for self-reflection and get their priorities together and like kind of their big things, like why they want to accomplish stuff before they start setting goals. Right. And sometimes that self-reflection is hard for people because some of the reasons why people gain weight are sensitive subjects and not easy to talk about. And again, another um, reason to actually talk to a professional if you need to do that. Like, it's not easy. And me discovering, you know, like the self-worth thing was fairly recent. (laughs) It's like, why do I react certain ways? Well, maybe I like this a little bit too much and maybe that's a problem in itself. So, you know, it's not always easy, but you have to be honest with yourself on your journey too. And I think... I think sometimes you come across as being stoic all the time, but I know for me, I'm definitely not. (laughs) So another thing I wanted to talk about was whenever, you know, brought up goals to you, you said you're not like as goal oriented person, but you know, you've met a lot of your big goals, like you said, uh, as far as like adding years to your life and things like that. But those are goals that constantly have to be maintained you know? And so for me, I've talked about before, but like, I'm a person that has to have like a date on the calendar. I have to have something that I'm striving towards, or if not, I kind of lose sight of the big picture and fall off. So like, how do you, you know, when your goal is adding years to your life and being healthy, how do you keep yourself on the right track and not lose sight of that? I think for me, it's just memory that does that because I remember how uncomfortable I was. I remember how sick I was. I remember how scared I was. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to go back there. So I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen because I've seen other people go back there. I have friends struggling and going back there. And I just don't want that for me. 
So a lot of it is just remembering what it was like. Um, and two, like feeding off of other people to get that inspiration to keep going too. Like, um, you know, it's part of the reason why I'm on Instagram a whole lot and spend all the time doing the gym check-ins and challenges and which I've been kind of lazy the last week. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes breaks are good. Like I needed a break and I took it and not feeling guilty about it either. When you recognize that you need a little bit of a break. So yeah. Well, so I do a, a little bit differently. Like, right. My, our long-term goals are very similar in that is to, um, be healthy and be around, have the best quality of life as possible, support friends and family. But for me, like I have a really easy time losing track of the long-term goals. Like whenever I'm in the moment of like, do I want a cookie or, <laughs> or do I want to eat you know, stay on my diet plan, whatever. Um, I don't, you know, I don't always, I'm very impulsive. Like I don't think about the future. And so I have to have these like small goals or, you know, like a yearly goal or whatever with a plan to hit them. And when I do that, I'm much more, I guess, in the moment. So one thing I'm going to do is is definitely publish my 2021 goals on here. I'm going to tell you and everybody so I can be accountable because uh, that is one thing. You guys are all my support system. And so that is what I'm going to do. So my first goal is um, to uh, have the best physique yet. You know, like I, I enjoy the bodybuilding and, and lifting. And so I want to keep pushing and, and make that, you know, I did that in 2020 and I want to improve on it in 2021. All right. The next thing is that I am terrible at doing pull-ups and I would like to be able to do 15 by the end of the year. I can probably do three now. And then the last thing is I want to make progress in um, jujitsu. And so when I have those, uh, there's like a belting system. So there's like a way to track that. Um, But I have those goals set up where that if I work towards all of them, they contribute towards my long-term goal of being in shape, uh, you know, staying physically active and adding like the more time to my life of being healthier, right? If I do all three of those goals. So that's what I plan to do. And I want to keep everybody informed on those goals so that I am accountable to everybody. I think accountability is a big thing. Absolutely. So were you a new year's resolutioner in the past? Um, a little bit, not really. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know myself as well as I do now. So I wasn't really a goal oriented person in the past. Like I talked about before, I have that like addictive personality, but I would like start playing video games and get addicted to that. Or, you know, I mean, it wasn't all bad. Like I, I got addicted to when I found something I like to do in school. Well, I was a terrible student at first, but when I found something that I like to do in school, I got like really addicted to that and got a master's degree and, you know, had good grades and all kinds of stuff. But, um, I had to, I guess, learn how to harness that and put it towards goals. So now once I started, once I put it towards the goal of getting in shape, that took over, I went crazy with that. But then, then I started getting lost in the big picture when I got towards maintenance. So that's when I started having to be really focused on goals and like discipline. And, um, 
kind of aim that addictiveness. If, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe my goal needs to have more concrete goals for this year. Yeah. I mean, that is done. It's done wonders for me because I'm able to track it, right? There's no, especially like a goal, like 15 pull-ups, you can either do them or you can't, right? Or you can either, you know, there, there's like trackable progress. I, I did five on or three on week one and I did 10 on week 10, you know, like, um, that's even for in the gym, like, I, I now write down all the weights that I do and try to improve on, on them week over week. doesn't always happen like progress in that way. is not linear, just like weight loss isn't, but just doing that and tracking those goals, um, has helped me like exponentially. Good. Um, but one thing is, I know this has kind of gone over a lot. I did want to talk a little bit about the goal setting process and, you know, smart goals, like making sure that SMART is basically an acronym for uh, your goal should be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. And this is very simple, something I learned in school, but people learn in business. But it uh, it has been like one of the biggest um, things that has helped me with my goals because I used to just make random goals and then fall off a couple weeks in, you know, um, but using this system, you can look it up anywhere and find it. It will definitely uh, help you out on on developing your goals and sticking to them. Um, but again, that's smart, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. That's really good advice. Yeah. And so when I make those, I also make uh, what I basically call um, non-negotiables. So I know this, this is a lot here, but if I look at my three goals of the best, um, like physique yet, 15 pull-ups and making progress in BJ in jujitsu, um, my non-negotiables are train at least 30 minutes, four times a week, uh, do pull-ups four times a week and train jujitsu at least two times a week. Um, so that is basically, I call them my non-negotiables, but it's basically my plan of how to achieve my goals but I try to keep those as simple as possible because I could have like an elaborate plan for each one of these things, but I would probably fall off. Like how easy is it to track exercising four days a week, doing pull-ups four days a week and going to jujitsu two times, you know, I can track those things, making sure I'm doing them and making sure I'm making progress towards my goals. Yeah. The measurable thing is a good idea too. Um, because that way, you know, you have the numbers in front of you and, uh, and you know, you can't always rely on weight, um, the scale, you know, do physical measurements, do, you know, what you were saying, but how much you can lift it makes, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that also goes towards my non-negotiables. Like if you notice all of them are like effort based and not necessarily progress based. Right. So like going you know, exercise at least 30 minutes, four times a week. As long as I'm doing that, I know that I'm going to be making progress. Does that make sense? Because if I'm putting in the effort, if I'm con consistently uh, being dedicated and putting in the work, I will eventually succeed. So I make my non-negotiables all uh, effort-based. Right. Okay. All right. So another thing, I'm not going to preach on goals 
anymore. I just wanted to say, hey, we're going into 2021. A lot of people are are new to this game, so it's good to set up some concrete goals that will help you along the way. But uh, another thing that I wanted to do, this is kind of uh, uh, an idea that I had, but I put on what is your biggest achievement of 2020 in our Facebook group and in uh, on my Instagram. And I just wanted to share some of the responses because I think one, they are um, really inspiring and give some some motivation. So the Hungry for Success uh, listeners have had these accomplishments in 2020. Uh, one listener said that they got below 300 pounds for the first time in 20 years, and that is a 70-pound weight loss. Um, so that's just absolutely killing it. A couple people said that they are having babies and that people don't know about it. It was very hush-hush. Oh. I'm not dropping any names. These are secret babies, okay? <laughs> Uh, we had another listener lose 70 pounds. This was you, but said that you uh, had made a good effort at losing your regain, lost most of it, right? Yep. Another listener that we were both friends with ran 1,050 miles. That's crazy. And I that's know a, who that is, too. <laughs> that's a lot of miles. That's a, a, hint, lot of miles. a hint, she is a runner, and I am not. <laughs> and she's been a guest on your podcast she of. has she yeah. has so another listener <laughs> <laughs> yeah another listener lost 50 pounds and another lost 90 so i mean if you add all this weight loss up i mean it is it is quite a bit hundreds of pounds thousands of miles run and a lot of time and effort put in uh is what really stands out to me about that yep and I know personally, um, like I'm inspired by these people and that's why I am enjoying, uh, probably more than Instagram and stuff. I am enjoying, enjoying the hungry for success, uh, Facebook community. It's been a little hard with the COVID to, um, be real involved in it for the last like two weeks, but, uh, I, I like the community and, and the, you know, accountability and support that it's giving. Absolutely. And it's all people like us and doing these awesome things. So I think yeah. more people should join it. I completely agree. So if you want to join it, you just reach out, uh, message me on Instagram and I will give you uh, the link. Or if you can find it online, it is the Hungry for Success community. All right. And you know the routine. Last question uh, is what piece of advice can you give everybody to help them with their goal or to help them with their, in their weight just, loss journey? I just gave you a 10, Mike. What more do you want? I know, but what's the number one for you? Um, I think again, the small victories and having to do this for you and that it's your story. It's not anybody else's. And it's a very unique journey. So you got to do what's right for you. Draw your inspiration from where you can get it. And you can pivot because our stories change as we go. So be easy on yourself and keep trying. Keep trying. Boom. Denise, you are an awesome guest. And today, more so a co-host than a guest. <laughs> and I am, uh, I'm very glad that we could get together and have you back on the show. 
happy to be here, Mike. And I just wanted to thank you personally and from the whole community for you doing this podcast, because I know I've got so much feedback from a lot of people saying how much it means to them that you're spending your own time and efforts and putting something out there to help people. And I think that's what this whole community is about. And I just wanted to give you kudos for it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really, I really do. It, it means a lot. Um, things can get discouraging, you know, trying to build a listenership, trying to do uh, social media and stuff. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm inspired equally by you guys, like the people who listen, the people who share their stories on here. Like, um, I think it does just as much for me as it as it does for you guys. So um, I really appreciate that. All right, folks, that's it. That's a wrap on another episode of the Hungry for Success podcast. Uh, remember, 2021 is right around the corner. Make sure that you guys set your goals and start working towards them. Um, if you need some, if you need that extra bit of support, make sure you join the Hungry for Success community. You can find that by either messaging me or uh, searching on Facebook. All right, as always, stay hungry and we will see you next week.